Well, hello and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Susan DeSenzi. Another week and the the first week into this new year, 2022. And I got to tell you, it's been an interesting experience to see the flip over from 2021 into 2022 because the energy for me is very different. And so last week's episode was about 2022 in a new you. And again, it's the middle of the night when I'm feeling inspired. And I wanted to share with you that this episode is about living your authentic self, right? It's really about creating that new authentic you. But how do you do that? Ah, that's always the tricky piece. So as you listen in today, listen to some of the tools and skills and highlights and insights that I'll go over in order to begin really understanding how to create that authentic you, how to find your authentic self. Because that word authenticity is really kind of tricky, right? It's like, what does it mean? And we'll dive into that as well. And I say we, it's you and me, right? I hope that you enjoy the show today and happy new year to you. Happy new 2022. And I'll see you on the other side. All right, so as I said in the intro, it's the middle of the night again. I don't know what it is about maybe trying to fall asleep sometimes and all of a sudden inspiration comes. Have you ever had that happen to you? I know that happens to me quite often. And I'm one of those people that sometimes am not in a position to roll over and turn on a light and open up a journal or a book to write down all of those inspiring thoughts that I get. But I really ought to because I really can't be up in the middle of the night often. It'll just mess up my day. And yet at the same time, it's about living my authentic life, my authentic self. And that means sometimes that when inspiration comes, I have to honor it. I really wanted to kind of dive into this whole authentic you and creating the authentic version of yourself. Like, how do I do that on a daily basis? How can you do that? How can you begin to really uncover the authentic part of yourself that maybe has been a little bit hidden away, or you're not really sure who that person is, or what authenticity even means to you? So let's kind of dive right into the meat of it. What is really authentic? What is really authenticity? What is living an authentic life? What does all that really mean? To me, being authentic means that you recognize the true parts of yourself, the things that feel and ring true to you, and you honor that. You live that. You speak that truth. You live from that place. You honor those pieces within yourself that truly are in alignment in flow, and in authenticity for you. But what happens when you have been used to living a life that has been really guided by everybody else? Maybe you're a wife or a husband, a mother or a father. You probably are possibly a brother or a sister. Hopefully you're a friend and you absolutely are a son or a daughter. On top of all the other roles that you might play, such as a career mama or a career woman, a professional, an entrepreneur, a garbage man, 
like it really doesn't matter what the other roles that you may play in your career are. The point is you play a lot of roles, a shit ton of roles. And sometimes those roles get in the way of honoring your authentic self because now you feel a bit locked into that role or that set of roles. And so one of the things that I had to really revisit when I got divorced, oh gosh, what was that? Back in, oh, it's been 27 years now since I got divorced. I spent the next seven years by myself, raising my son, who had some special needs, taking care of family and and parents that were ill or in a car accident and recovering going to school, getting my degrees, all that stuff that you, I'm sure, already know from previous episodes. And I really spent the time to reflect on who I was, who I had been in that marriage, who I had been up till that point in my life, who I changed and shifted into when I first met my ex-husband, when I first allowed myself to really start not being authentic. I was a very strong and capable woman when I met my ex-husband at age 21. And yet, because of deep insecurities and issues that were kind of hidden and locked away within me, you know, here I was living this kind of strong, capable life. So I really didn't know that there were these other pieces, these other insecurities and fears that were still very present in my life. And when I got with my ex-husband... While I loved him deeply, and he was very charismatic, and honestly, he was a very good man in many, many ways, he was an alcoholic, and he was emotionally and verbally abusive. And over the course of my 10 years with him, there was times that I allowed those insecurities and his abusive behaviors and the things he would say and do to really start taking me down that rabbit hole of changing into somebody I really truly wasn't because it was the only way I knew to to survive. It was the only way I knew to handle the pain. And yet I didn't even see that I was kind of living in that experience. And I don't mean in an abusive relationship that I was well aware of, but I wasn't noticing that I was losing parts of myself. And as you know from my story and past episodes, part of the reason that I came to that place of suicide after the last assault wasn't so much because of the assault and the, the fact that that was number six, and I really did believe I was going to die that night. It was more about the fact that I felt lost, completely not me. I felt like my soul was dying and I felt like I was not living any part of my life in an authentic way. And I didn't necessarily say the word authentic back then, but I did know and say to myself that I wasn't being true to me. And that really was about living the way I thought I should live as a wife and as a mom to this little boy, as a sister and a daughter and a friend. Now, my my family did not put any expectations on me whatsoever. I, I was really, really blessed to be raised with two parents who were very, very progressive for the time. And they really allowed 
my brothers and I to honor ourselves, and they actually encouraged us to live our true selves. The problem is, is that when you don't know what that means, and you don't even realize that you're not really living that part of you, then you hear those words and you just think, well, I already am. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a this, I'm a that. I'm living my life. Down deep, though, I was unhappy and growing more unhappy by the day. No matter the fact that I loved him, my ex-husband, and no matter the fact that I had this beautiful little boy that I loved and cherished and adored, no matter the bad things that had happened in my life with the assaults, all the good that happened and all the, the love that I had in my life with my family, very close to both my brothers, they're both still alive and with us on this earth today as I record this, I'm very close to both of them still. Both our parents are gone at this point, but I wasn't being true to me. And no matter all that love I had, no matter what the experiences may or may not have been, I still was compromising and settling because there was a part of me that didn't feel worthy of living true to me, of standing in my own power and potential and possibility as the divine, spiritually strong, aware, loving, compassionate badass that I knew I was then. I had allowed her to hide and wither away and go off into a corner of my heart and soul because I valued at that time being married more than living authentically me. I valued more being with someone, not because I was afraid of being alone, but because I needed in my insecurities to be Mrs. Somebody the wife of someone. Somehow I had this limited belief that as Mrs. Someone, the wife of someone, it meant that I was worthy and it meant I was valuable and it meant I was lovable. And it was really because of the insecurities deep within, I didn't realize how much I didn't truly love myself. And yet the the paradox is that I really believed I had loved myself deeply. And while I think I did very much on many levels, when I first met him at 21, there was a big part of me that did not. And so it kind of opened that door to then start living somebody else's version of me through the expectations, through the ideas that they had about how a wife or a mom or a woman should be or should act. And it wasn't until I left my ex-husband and I spent those seven years by myself doing all the things I did in my life for my son and my my parents and my family, that I realized and came to the insights and awarenesses that I wasn't living authentically me. I wasn't being true to myself. Now, during that time, I only dated one guy. I think, yeah, I dated one guy, one date, one time in those seven years. Now, also during that time, and I'm being totally transparent and honest here, and you can agree or not agree, you can like me or dislike me for this, but this was this is my truth and this was my truth then. During that seven years, though, I did have a companion for a few months that I enjoyed a uh, very casual sexual relationship with, and occasionally we would go out to dinner, but we were very clear together that we were simply friends with what is now called benefits, 
and not dating. And I, I, people get shocked by that. Not, not that I had this friend with benefits, because it was during a time when that really wasn't happening so much, or maybe, I guess, as people were as aware of it or as accepted, I don't know, don't care. I think people were shocked, though, because I wasn't dating at all. I wasn't looking to find someone. And while I was lonely and I felt alone at times, and I, at times, especially the first few years after I got divorced, I wished I would find someone. I knew down deep that I had to take care of the issues within me. I had to sort through all of those pieces that allowed me to get to a place where I was ready to end my life, had allowed me to get to the place where I could even marry someone like my ex-husband, even though I saw the signs within the first couple months of our dating, I saw the danger signs, I saw the warning signs, but I was blinded. I put blinders on and I blinded myself, even though other people would say things to me as well, I blinded myself to the fact that my need to be Mrs. Someone, to be the part of a we, was greater than my desire to live my authentic self, my true self. And so it wasn't until I got divorced and I spent that time alone really doing a lot of self-care and a lot of self-reflection and a lot of self-insight, looking deep within to say, what happened? How did I get to that place where I was ready to end my life? And so as, as you kind of are listening to my story today, I invite you to think about where are you maybe living somebody else's vision for your life? And it's robbing you of your authentic self. How can we really step into 2022 and create that new you, that new us, that new self, if we are not really, one, aware of where we're at right now? Because how can you really be aware of where you are at right now in order to know where you're going to go or want to go? If you don't know where you're at right now, you're not going to know where you want to go or how to get there. It's like directions. If you called me up and you said, hey, I, I want to get to the corner of Central and Elm Street, my first question to you would be, well, where are you now? Because the directions that I give you to get to Elm and, and Central might be very different if you're in Florida versus if you're in Montana. If you don't know where you're currently at, how can you know how to get to where you want to go? And I think that that is a major issue, especially through the pandemic, to be honest with you, because we have been so kind of locked down and out of connection with each other out out and about in the public, in the world. Our travel has diminished. Our fears been raised about, do I go do this thing with all these people there or out in the public where there may be, you know, covid somebody might be infected and I might end up getting sick. Like some of our decisions are definitely being guided by what's happening in the world globally, right? So then we kind of look at within our own lives and our own communities, our own homes, and we say, well, I really want to do this thing, but, you know, look at what's happening in the world. I Maybe I can't go out and network the way I want to, or I can't go meet the people I want to meet. Maybe I can't go to this meeting or this event where I could maybe make connections with people to kind of further my 
whatever, whether it's a change in your career, whether you're an entrepreneur and you're working to build your business, whether you're looking for love and a new relationship, it's definitely a bit harder. And it's not. While physically it might be a little more challenging to get out there into the world and meet other people in the ways that maybe you had been used to meeting them for whatever reasons, living authentically you, you can still express and show that and show up as your authentic self across a Zoom meeting or on a telephone or like I'm doing right now with you recording this episode. I'm being very open and vulnerable and honest and transparent with you. I am being my authentic self. I'm not doing this episode for any other reason than part of it is my own healing and journey. And if I am going through that, I would be foolish to think that I'm the only person on the planet of, you know, what, seven and a half billion people to potentially be going through this. So you might, you just might be also. And so I felt it important to record this episode about living authentic because, God, it's such a buzzword, right? It's such a buzzword. Oh, be authentic. Live your authenticity. Stand in your authentic power. It's like, what the fuck does that even mean? And all I can offer up to you is that as I was going through my journey of self-discovery and recovery and uncovering all the parts of me that I had allowed to be hidden away, what I found was that there were many, many areas of my life, professionally, personally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, financially, that I had hidden away behind an inauthentic, kind of locked in an inauthentic room or behind an inauthenticity door, so to speak. And it wasn't until I cracked that door open and said, who are you really? Who are you, Susan? And who do you want to be? Where are you at right now? And what is stopping you from getting to where you want to go? If you want to be this person who speaks their truth 100% of the time, then in those opportunities when you were invited to speak your truth, instead of cowering from it out of fear and, and that fear of rejection and that worry about how others may see you or how they may think of you, fucking A, stand in your power, honor your truth, speak it, and those that resonate with you will stick around and love you anyway regardless of what you've said or not said or what you've stood in. And those who aren't meant to be in your life, who aren't for your highest good and your highest benefit to help you evolve and grow and continue moving forward on this path, will judge you, they'll criticize you, they may hate on you, they may reject you, and they'll walk away. And you know what? It's good riddance. Good riddance to them because they don't know what they're missing out on. Now, What happens, though, if that is someone close to you that does that? A good friend or a family member or a partner. I know how devastating and painful that can be. But would you rather stay in that relationship, not living your authentic self, standing in your own true version of you and your own power? Would you rather stay in that relationship not doing that? and be miserable potentially, and feel like something is missing, and you're always just kind of on the edge of breaking through something, but you never really quite finish that race and get there? Or would you rather 
stand in that place for yourself and really, truly live your authentic life, happy, healthy, and living from your soul and living from your heart. I can honestly tell you that if I had stayed in my marriage to my first husband, I probably wouldn't be alive right now. I can honestly tell you that if I had stayed in my marriage to my ex-husband, I wouldn't be the woman I am today, the person I am today. I wouldn't be the author, the podcast host, the therapist, the coach, the lover, the best friend, the sister, the daughter that I am today. I would have continued to shrink from my own knowingness and intuition and power and grace and strength, and I don't know who I'd be. And that's even if I would be here, because I know that I felt as though my soul was dying. And I don't believe that a soul dies. I mean, I felt my life force draining from me, and I felt like my soul was ready to say, all right, Susan, maybe this wasn't the life for you. Maybe we'll do it next time around. And I sure as hell didn't want to come back and have to do the first part of my life over again, just to get to that place where maybe I made a different choice. And I can tell you professionally throughout my career, I've seen thousands and thousands of people. And I can tell you that a predominant issue, regardless of how it expressed and showed up, has underlyingly been that they weren't being true to themselves. They weren't living authentically themselves. Maybe it was a communication issue in a relationship or with a family member. Maybe it was a career issue. Maybe it was you're doing something right now you don't really want to be doing, but you and you want to do something else, but you're too afraid of how others may see you or what they may think or how they may respond to you. And yet, every time that happens, you're robbing yourself of living your authentic self. Okay, so how do you then really start to discern what is authentically true to you? Again, you need to be a little bit self-reflective and check within yourself and ask yourself where you're hiding out. Like a previous episode, an invitation to stop playing small. I think it was episode 34. Where are you still playing small? Where are you still hiding out? Where are you not speaking your truth? Where are you still allowing fear to rule you? Worry, depression, anxiety. And again, please know, I will say this each and every time I say something like that, as a licensed therapist, I am not diminishing the serious nature of mental health issues. I have felt depression through my life and been depressed at times. Depression, anxiety, all of those issues are real. And yet, how is it that some people take out the biochemical part of some of these issues? Because sometimes people need medication in order to get to a place where they can even open a door and start to be self-reflective and start to look within themselves. So I'm not saying those people at all. How is it though that for many people who feel a depression or an anxiety, or they have suffered through trauma, or they struggle with abusive situations, or they've had whatever happened in their life that has created scenarios where they feel depressed and anxiety-ridden, and they're struggling, and they're stressed, how is it that others who've experienced same and similar things can somehow find a way through? And I think that the critical piece, again, 
taking out the biochemical components that can complicate some of these mental health issues on a much deeper and more serious level. I think what happens for many, though, who, who never really get to a place where they may need medication or they don't, there isn't really kind of that neurophysiological problem going on in their brain, there is definitely biochemical changes because our thoughts absolutely can control that and affect the biochemical goings-on in the body and the brain. And I'm talking very simply here to keep it not, you know, like clinical and stuff and just like you and I are having a conversation, right? So I'm keeping it really super simple. But how is it that those that never really get to that place where they need that just to function day to day can then sometimes find their way through to a place where they feel that less and less like I did and like many, many, many others I've worked with professionally and I've known personally through the years. How is that possible? And you know, the singular thing, well, not the singular thing, a very significant thing that I have found is that they were able at some point to start to live their authentic self. And with living your authenticity, in your authenticity and your truthfulness of yourself, of you, of who you choose to be and what version of you you choose to grow into, there is an increase in your happiness. There is an increase in your contentment. There is an increase in your calm and your peacefulness because there's a part of your heart and soul then that says, yes, it's about fucking time. You are finally stepping into what we, as soul and heart and intuition, have known all along, and that is you're living true to you. You're honoring you. And when that happens, more opportunities start happening out in the world for us to practice and experience that. More opportunities for us to kind of step into a place where where we are given the choice to speak our truth and stand in our authentic power or not. So as you step into more of 2022, because this episode will be released on January 4th, and so that's only four days into the new year, I invite you to really start maybe thinking about, reflecting upon, and even writing down, because there is tremendous power in the ink tremendous power when you put pen to paper and you start writing things down. There is a release and a freedom that happens with that energy where it was stuck inside your mind and body, and you're now releasing it to paper, and you're kind of starting to separate. And that goes well for positivity, too. It's a reinforcer, right? That's why it's important to you know, take part in these kinds of activities on a regular basis. It just keeps kind of that flow going, okay? So as you maybe put pen to paper and you start writing these things down, start noticing where you're not living your authentic self. So very simple exercise, take out a piece of paper, draw a straight line down the middle, and just like a kind of a pro-con list, or sometimes when, you know, I've worked with people and I've asked them to list their strengths on one side of the paper and on the other side of the paper to list what they perceive to be their weaknesses or limitations or the things they need to work on, I would invite you to do the same thing with taking a look at where you feel you're living authentically and where you feel you're not living authentically. 
is there a place where you're not speaking your truth? Is there a place where you're not standing up for yourself? Is there a place where you're afraid to communicate something because you're afraid of a a far more reaching consequence that might come on the tail end of that communication? And just begin to notice. You cannot change anything if you don't have awareness. And so as you are stepping into a deeper awareness for yourself, then the question becomes, well, what do I do with that? Well, do the same thing. Take out another piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on one side of the paper, say, what do you feel is blocking you from reaching that goal, essentially, in your other list of being authentic in this particular arena? And what are your strengths in that? As an example, let's say communication was an issue with my husband, which it is not, but let's say it is. So if I'm being quiet and not saying anything about what I think or feel because I'm more afraid of what I perceive to be the fight that might ensue if I don't say it to him and I keep it quiet, then when I first do the first part of the exercise, I would write down where am I not living authentically? Well, in my relationship with my husband, in my communications with him, in speaking my truth, in voicing my opinion. Okay, so I've got that written down. Now I go to the second part of the exercise where then I say, what is really blocking me from doing that? Well, in this example, with the communication with my husband, what's blocking me is on the other side, my fear that there will be a fight that might happen because If I speak my truth, maybe he'll get more angry or he'll be hurt or upset or he'll have an opinion and he'll start kind of getting defensive and fight back or something like that. And so I just stay quiet. So I'm not living authentically by speaking my truth in my communications with him. Again, this is all hypothetical, but but honestly, you know, in 22 years together, I'm sure that has happened on both sides. I know it has happened on both sides with us. It's just not a normal thing for us. We have pretty good communication. So I'm not living authentically in my communication and in my relationship because I'm afraid that speaking my opinion or my truth will create and and instigate more of an argument or hurt feelings or anger. And maybe I don't do well with anger. Maybe I struggle when people are angry at me. Maybe I struggle when I think they're disappointed in me and they're frustrated with me or they're mad at me. And all of a sudden, I want to just go run and shrink and hide. All right, so those on the second part of the exercise are kind of the, the, the things that I need to work on. Those are kind of the things that are blocking me. But then on that same paper, on the other side, I invite you to write down your strengths within that. Okay, well, my strengths are that I have awareness that I'm not speaking my truth, that I have an opinion and I want to share it, that I love him and he loves me. My strengths are that I very much know that over the long term, we've been fine. So maybe it simply means that part of the strength then is that the way I will approach him about that my opinion, may not be in the moment when he's in his feelings that are intense, that maybe he's defensive or angry or upset. Maybe that's not the best time to approach that. And so my strengths are that I'm aware of it and I will do it. I will do it differently than being reactionary in that moment. My strengths might be that I'm ready to communicate differently or deeper or more truthfully about something. And so because I have that awareness, that's actually a strength. 
So sometimes, even when we're afraid of something, we can see the strength in that fear. We can see what that fear offers up to us by way of mirroring for us how we actually are not as afraid as we may think we are, but because we're afraid of all this outside stuff and we've been so conditioned to not living our true self and our authentic self, we shrink from it. So that's one way or a couple of ways, a couple of little exercises to really start to begin to understand how to create that new authentic you, how to live from that authentic place. Because I tell you, my life has totally changed. I, I had a pretty good life other than the assaults and, you know, some typical other things that happen in all of our lives. I had have had a really amazing life. And yet, while I was in my 20s and with my ex-husband, had I not stepped into a place where I was truly ready to look in the mirror and face myself and all my insecurities and fears all of the things that scared me, all of the pieces where I really wasn't honoring me and living my authentic self, if I wasn't ready to do that, I would not be who I am today. And so I honor the fact that I had those rough periods in my life and rough experiences. I honor the fact that in my fear and insecurity and suicidal thoughts even and actions, that it actually helped me to pull myself out of what I called the bottom of that bottomless pit that I felt I was in and begin the journey of really knowing me and honoring me and creating me anew every single day, with every single experience. And the more I did that, the more I could own and honor my authentic self and step into that place where now no one could ever take that away from me again. There is not a person on this planet, no matter what they do to my mind, my body, my beingness in any way, there is not a single solitary person on this planet that could cause me to change who I am today and who I continue desiring and working toward becoming and evolving into as my best and highest version. And I can truthfully and honestly say that because it reminds me of something that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said in a speech. I think I've talked about this on a previous episode. I wish I could find the name of that speech or where he performed that speech, but I have heard it and I have read about it, where he talked about how anybody could do anything to his mind, his body, his, you know, finances. They could take him prisoner. They could torture him. They could even assassinate him, he said. And I'm totally, totally paraphrasing the way he said all of this, it was brilliant, to be honest with you, and I just can't recall and cannot find it to be very, you know, much more clear for you on exactly how he said everything. So the paraphrasing, the summary, is he basically said that no matter what someone does to him as this humanness, the one thing that they will never, ever, ever be able to take away from him is his spirit and his legacy. And it's still true to this day. So they could screw with his mind, they could torture him physically, they could try to ruin him financially, they could do anything from any other perspective, but they would never ever be able to destroy basically his soul, his spirit, his legacy. 
And I want to live my life like that. That's how I can say that I know that I am living my life like that, that if, God forbid, anything like that ever happened to me, any horrible kind of other things where I was taken prisoner or someone tried to break me, that word break me, I might feel pain, I might cry, I might have injuries, I might feel like I'm going crazy in my head, but I know down deep they can't mess with my soul and they can't mess with the spirit of who I've chosen to be and how I've chosen to step into my authentic self. So I invite you to do the same. Really give it some love and honor and thought and awareness of where you may not be truly living your own vision of your life for yourself. And you're listening to that conditioning from your past or those people in your life who have all this opinion and idea about who they think you are and who they think you should be and really step into deciding if that's truly you or not. And if it's not, I invite you to look at how you can get to where you're going because now you know where you are. I wish you the utmost joyousness in this beginning of this new year, this 2022, as we move forward together and continue evolving through 2022. I hope that you have an amazing, beautiful, spiritually fully expressed, badass kind of week for yourself. And if there is anything that you ever need from me, please don't hesitate to reach out. Because especially in 2022, with all that's gone on over the last almost two years now, I'm there for you, baby. I'm there because if you can't tell, it is my mission, my passion, and my purpose to continue evolving and growing every day in my life and to help you do the same however I can. So go have an amazing week, and I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to another episode of The Spiritually Expressed Human, a place where we come together to navigate the human experience as the fully, spiritually expressed, divine, human badasses we were all meant to be. If you liked what you heard on today's show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on the platform of your choice so that together we can share this out to the world and make the impact we're all here to make. If you'd like more information or just to touch base with me, please go to susandesunzi.com and explore and grab yourself some free gifts while you're there. Thank you so much for listening.